Hey there, and welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Denise Lee, and I'm a life coach specializing in traumas and addictions. And today I want to talk with you about this idea of trauma, healing, and spirituality. Notice I didn't say trauma, healing, and religion. I didn't say trauma, healing, and dogmas. Trauma, healing, and spirituality. For those of us who have had some really terrible experiences with the church or idea of God and faith and all that stuff, I really want to redefine what spirituality is through the lens of soul work and soul development. So if you're interested in learning about how you can integrate your mind, body, and soul together so that you can be able to overcome and resolve your emotional challenges, listen to today's episode because we're going to get into some ideas that really may transform your entire life. And we're going to get to all of that coming to you after this short break. Hey, 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 and we're back. So glad that you are here. If this is your very first time listening, I just wanted to give a little bit of a background and information about the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast. The Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast is not just designed for introverts or for entrepreneurs. It's designed for anyone who wants to improve how they view their life and how they want to resolve and heal from past abuse. Here's the thing. There are a lot of people who are literally walking dead where they are physically alive, but they've been spiritually dead for many years, spiritually and emotionally dead. And it's because they carry so much guilt and shame and self-condemnation and criticism about themselves and the things that they've done. Or perhaps they walk around with this scar that they can see, but nobody else. And it drives them into addictions and really bad habits and bad thinking that undermine their worth, their integrity, and more importantly, what they want and how they are designed to help the world become a better place. That's the kind of conversations that we're going to be having here in this space. So if this is your very first time listening, and you've already enjoyed just hearing that little bit of background, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening. That way, as soon as I drop a new episode, you'll be able to listen to it. And I usually drop new episodes on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Sometimes I may be a little lapse in my schedule, but typically that's the schedule. So if you want to make sure that you are dialed in, those are the days, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And if you're interested in really learning more about me and what I do and how I help people heal from traumas and addictions and just making sure that people live their best life, check out deniseglee.com. I want to leave links in the show notes below for everything I'm saying, by the way. There you'll be able to read my articles, learn more about me, my story, my why, and inquire about working with me if that's something that is of interest to you. I try so much to have as many science-backed research that goes along with my arguments as well as psychology. So I really take a lot of pride in the work that I do and explaining the theory behind my my thoughts because it's just not enough for me to say, well, I believe this, but I have no proof. So check out denisegelee.com. There you'll be able to check some of those resources out. And obviously, I would love to connect with you. This is a community. So you've got a couple of avenues to connect with me. My main social hub is Twitter. You can find me at my handle name is Denise G. Lee. 
And there you'll be able to see some of my interactions with my my followers that are growing. I've been really excited. I've been, even though I had that account since 2009, I haven't been really actively growing it until April of 2023. So date stamp this particular conversation we're having. It's in July of 2023. And I've just been really amazed at the surge of comments and ideas and conversations I've been having. So I would love for you to help improve the quality of how we communicate with other people and obviously how we understand ourselves. So check me out there on Twitter. Also, I know that I've got a growing following now on Spotify. My Spotify peeps, you've got a couple of avenues that you can be able to talk with me. Obviously, you can leave me a voicemail message. And if voicemail messages aren't your thing because you just don't want to share your voice, then you can always leave your comments on the, what did you think about this episode? There's like a little, there's a little place where you can leave your comments. And I definitely love to interact with people in that area as well. Either way, I just want to fully support you. And lastly, if you have been enjoying this podcast for quite some time, I would greatly appreciate if you write a review, you share this podcast with other people. That way we can just amplify this message of communicating with love instead of seducing people with guilt and shame or threatening people like that's not a way to live a healthy and happy life that's not a way to have good relationships we need to be people that are very clear and direct and honest that way we don't get ourselves into these drama cycles and feeling despair about ourselves and our situation like that's what we're all about. We're talking about healthy, clean communication and about things that help us improve our mindset and obviously enhance our self-care routines. That's so important for trauma healing. That's so important for addiction recovery. That's just the essence of how to live a successful life. All right. Now let's get into today's conversation. Recently on Twitter, Denise G. Lee, I received a question from somebody they said I wish I I could just repeat out verbatim what they said because I saw it and I was thinking about what I wanted to answer the question and since I try to look via my reply section on on Twitter it they the person just deleted themselves so if you are a Twitter follower and you may know this question came from you I wish I knew who you are but forgive me if I'm kind of misgarbling some of the things that you said I was talking about this idea of trauma healing and one particular person responded, it was a female, and she said to me, you know, along the lines of, I was sexually abused by a priest and I don't like this idea of going to church and I wonder whether or not religion has to be part of my healing and recovery journey. And I paused and I thought about that and because I didn't really want to be quick to answer a question like that because I know for a lot of you guys, religion and church or the mosque or all that kind of stuff can bring up some really painful memories. And before I kind of get into anything else, I just want to say first and foremost that I apologize deeply to those of you who were abused by religious leaders and parents who violated your trust and took advantage of you in the worst manner. My mother would make me sit down on my knees and read the Bible multiple times. And then right before bedtime, she would molest me sexually. She would try to invade me 
before we slept together in our shared bedroom. And I, I have many years of, of just very painful memories of, of that. And f- because of that, for many years, I, I struggled to read Psalm 91 in the Bible because of those traumatic memories. So before I even sit here and explain anything else, I want to let you know that that association with religion can be painful. And for those of you guys who are adults, you're like, I don't want anything to do with God or the Bible or religion or any of that stuff. Thank you very much. I've had my fill of it. And now I want us to talk about it from a brand new light. And so you can be able to find the healing that will work well for you. So listen carefully and keep an open mind for what I have to say, because it's not going to be what you think. it is necessary for you to heal. First and foremost, please understand the body, mind, and soul connection. You are literally are in an earth suit. And I mean, what I mean by saying that is that you are a spiritual soul trapped in a physical body. And because of that, you radiate energy that can attract and repel certain types of forces. If you haven't done so already, I would highly recommend Carl Jung's The Red Book. It's obviously, it's such a beautiful book because it has so many pictorial images and whatnot. But he, Carl Jung, is a, he is a protege of Sigmund Freud. He also t- kind of did a deep dive about this one psyche and the connecting with the soul and understanding that we have a collective unconscious, meaning that your soul is not going to die just because your physical body dies. You are connected with a whole network of, of souls or who are living, who are dead. And I had the very wonderful privilege in a few podcast episodes back to talk with Athena Laz. She wrote the book, Alchemy of Your Dreams. And I'm actually going to leave a link uh, toward that about that episode because it was such a good episode. I hope you enjoy it. But anyway, during that conversation, we talked about this idea of the collective unconscious. And she told me this very interesting story about one of her clients who was divorced from her husband, divorced for many years. And the the, the ex-husband died in a really bad car crash or something like that. And Somebody called her off the blue to announce that her husband was died. I mean, they weren't, it's been many years, they were amicable, but they weren't friends. They weren't knowing each other. And the, the, the client of Athena more or less asked the question, was he wearing this clothing when he died? And very, she was very specific about the, the, the types of shirt and the type of pants he was died. And the person was like, yes, the person died wearing that. And we are so connected. We can literally feel the energy. We can have, in some cases, visions of what's going around. That you've heard, you might have heard of stories of people who were able to sense that there was earthquakes and disasters halfway around the world and they haven't even read what was going on and the news it just they just felt that energy that's the t- what i'm talking about when i say the collective unconscious and so the, why am i talking about that that's a great point you're asking or you're thinking about asking me for so many of us our soul got damaged 
because of the trauma. Let's go back to this idea of the body, mind, and soul. When your body experiences a traumatic moment or a series of traumatic moments, whether or not you were verbally or physically abused or sexually assaulted like myself and so many other people, whether or not you experienced some type of neglect or abandonment, your body feels that pain. And in addition to that, your mind is trying to wrap its head around what's going on. And because of that, all that tension and all that conflict with your mind and your body, it damages your soul. It damages your, your, your connection to the universe, to the infinite. Now you can say from the paradigm of major religions, Christianity, Islam, Judaism, but I'm not here talking about that. I'm talking about this idea that you are connected to a larger, bigger purpose. And when you're going through stressful or traumatic events, you feel a little fractured inside of you. You can't connect well with the soul network, as it is the best way of explaining that. And because of that, you will do things that will further create distance between you and your fellow man. You will get into maladaptive. When I say maladaptive, it's a fancy psychological word of saying things that are not good for you. (laughs) Or in your mind, you might think is a great idea, but it's actually doing more harm than good, not just for yourself, for other people. And so you might find yourself isolating or getting to eating disorders or being aggressive either passive-aggressive where you you say snide comments or you promise to do things and you never fulfill your promises or you make backhanded comments or you sarcastic comments. Sarcastic comments I refer to, by the way, as barbed humor. Anyway, when you do these kind of things, your soul is further and further damaged. So in order for us to be able to get back to recovery, to get back to a state of health and wellness... It requires for us to adopt a spiritual practice. And again, I don't want us to think of spirituality and the religion all in the same box because they're not. Religion is rules created by man to control people for their own selfish purposes. But spirituality is this idea of understanding that you are part of a grander picture and you use specific vehicles or modes of thinking in order for you to get reconnected, not just with yourself, but with other people. And for me, I never denied it, and I never will, that Jesus Christ now was my Lord and Savior. But for me, it's not just because I was dragged to go to church. I really became more adamant about my own spirituality, my own faith, only until my mid to late 20s, to be honest with you. And Lord knows my family were hypocrites. Specifically, my mother was a total hypocrite when it came to this idea of Christianity. She would lie. She actually sued the church at one point. She would steal. She wrote bad checks. She molested me. She violated the trust of my brother's all sorts of things. So it's kind of hard to think, well, why would I pray to a God that would allow someone to sexually molest me? And so for many years, I really struggled with this idea of what faith 
is, what faith looked for me. And so for some of you guys who are listening, you may just think, I totally reject the faith that my parents are, they're Jewish or they're Muslim or whatever, or Buddhism or, or Taoism or whatever you believe in. I'm not going to sit here and say you need to be following the religion of your father, okay, or your mother. What I'm trying to sit here and say is that for many of us, we have created some really bad associations based on traumatic experiences or hypocritical experiences that we witness. And we said, well, if you follow this God, I don't want anything to do with it. And when you are examining your own spirituality, it's not about what Denise has to say. It's not about what you've observed from your friends and family or society. It's about what resonates with your heart, what resonates with your soul, what keeps you coming back for more and more and more. And when I think about the moments of my life where I was binge drinking or engaged in casual sex or just ruining my professional life, those moments where I got, I find, I found myself getting back on the rails, right? Get trying to get back into a sense of normalcy and sanity. It was always tied to developing a deeper relationship with Jesus. Now that's my story. I have clients that are atheists or they are Buddhists. I I don't really care who you believe in, but I want you to believe in something that's beyond you. Because here's the thing for a lot of us, who have been engaged in self-destructive behaviors and tendencies for some of us who have experienced terrible loss. And I'm not just talking about the loss of a loved one or abuse. I'm I'm talking about the loss of the idea of a family. As I'm speaking with this, speaking about this idea, you know, for many years, I really mourned the idea that I'm more or less estranged from all of my family members. And it's not because I hate them or I wish them ill will. It's because I realized that I cannot grow spiritually myself with people who are fearful of growing spiritually. And so when we're talking about spirituality, it really isn't a loner's like thing where it's like me and myself and I and the Bible, or the Torah, or the Quran, and we're just going to ride solo. Because here's the thing, for so many of us, we've got a lot of distorted thoughts. We've got a lot of cognitive errors. When I say cognitive errors, means more or less I'm saying in a, in a more psychological pop version of you just thinking crazy, boo. Like we have a lot of crazy thoughts that got us knee deep in traumas and, and self-destructive tendencies. So in order for us to be able to grow our spirituality, yes, obviously we need to devote some time towards growing and learning independently, but we also need time with like-minded believers and the faith or the belief system that works well for us. Like, for example, I'm thinking about one particular client I have, her, her Tiffany, and she is not a Christian, totally fine with me, and, but she is really a big believer of using nature as her vehicle of spirituality. She gets together with her friends and every, at least once, twice a month, at the very minimum, she goes out hiking, long hikes, 
I mean, I thought I was a good hiker at six miles. This lady's going like 10, 20 mile hiking. Like she's going full out treks. And during this time, she's admiring nature. She's seeing the wonders of the world. She's feeling connected with the the, the spirit of, of the surroundings, the, the outdoors. I don't really care how you do it. But I want you to be consistent and I want you to be able to immerse yourself in a a form of spiritual cleansing where you emerge feeling happy, joyful, joy-filled, optimistic. If you are going to a synagogue and every time you go out there, you're feeling resentful, I can't believe this disgusted, blah, 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 or this is pointless, I don't understand this, it Either you need to change religious, like change your church, change your mosque, change where your synagogue, wherever you're going to, or change your perspective of why you are doing this. So many of us are just doing spiritual practices because we are just following our life script. And for those of you guys who don't understand when I say life script, there was a wonderful book by Claude Steiner. He was a protege of Eric Byrne. He, who is the founder, was, they're all dead, was the founder of Transactional Analysis. And in it, he explained, Claude Steiner, he explained in the book that so many of us are deeply impacted by scripts that we learn from our church, our school, our parents. And we cause ourselves to do a whole bunch of things that we freaking hate and make us miserable, but we don't question it because that was what was imprinted into us for 18 plus years of our lives, depending on how long you were in your childhood of origin. Some people, as soon as they got of of age, legal age, 18, they're out of it. Some I remember one of my friends, April, she left her house to go to Columbia University at 16. She, she, she went she lived in born and raised in California and she moved to uh, New York. She couldn't get there fast enough anyway <laughs> to go to Columbia University. But the point I'm trying to make of this conversation is that for so many of us, we are just we feel compelled to do the things that didn't make sense then and it still don't make sense now. The book d- dives more into it, but I've created a little 15 minute a course, I shouldn't say course, a 15 minute quiz that kind of explains how you were scripted. If you go on denisegelee.com, check out the banner. There's learn your life script. I'm also leaving links in the show notes below so that you can be able to access it. And for so many of us, the reason why we hate religion is because we were, we never challenged our ideas about what spirituality and what faith is. Because here's the thing, your way back to healing, your way back to serenity, your way back to a sanity is to be able to understand that you are more than just a sex object. You are more than just someone who just uses and abuses. You are more than someone who's just a screw up and a failure. Your experience of strength and hope are being used for a bigger and broader purpose that I can't even imagine. I am always so humbled and and grad grateful when I read books from people who have been dead for hundreds of years, but I feel connected with their soul. For example, I am a big fan of Mary Kay. Now, my mother was in Mary Kay, and that's not because why I, I'm a big fan of Mary Kay. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Mary Kay because of her ethics and her values and her spirituality and how she conducted herself. And I've read so many of her books from Miracles Happened to 
Mary Kay on people management to her book, self-titled um, autobiography, Mary Kay. And I feel connected with her soul. This woman has been dead over 20 years. I've never met her, but her message, her words resonate with me. This is what I'm talking about, your spiritual connection, because as you grow deeper in your own faith, whatever that looks like for you, you'll be able to feel more connected with other people. You know, for many, 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 many years, my husband always laughed and criticized about the way I wrote, the way I spoke, the way I interacted. He said, you sound, you're a perfect corporate, you're a perfect manager. And I mean, to the point where I actually am a certified professional project manager, PMP, and you're so, you're always about task and managing things. And the reason behind that was because I didn't want to feel connected. The more I could create that space and be disconnected with people and make sure things get done, the more I could feel quote unquote good about myself. But I didn't feel good about myself if I was to be honest with you. I felt more hollowed and empty and afraid that if somebody got to know the real me, they'll reject me just like everybody else. And that was the trauma. But when you grow in your spiritual practice, for me, I start my day in, in gratitude and prayer. I read my Bible. I breathe. I do my breath work. This is all part of my spiritual work. But for you, you might have a different spiritual routine. And I connect with the universe. And I connect with the a higher source of being. And it grounds me and reminds me that even my struggles that I go through right now, because everybody's going through struggles. Don't let anybody tell you that people are living happy, struggle-free lives. Just because they're not telling you doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. But I digress. This whole idea of a living life is a being able to understand that all our struggles, all of our difficulties, all of our setbacks is being used to edify and teach other people so that they can be able to avoid their own, avoid the challenges that you had, or at least be able to overcome them quickly at the very least. And so spirituality is something that it's not a one-off. It's something that you have to continue to do day in and day out. It's going to be able to help you grow emotionally. It's going to help you to obviously heal from your psychological wounds. But more importantly, it will help you to put, make sense of all the pain. For me, pep tops were not enough. It was about understanding who I was and putting into context why those struggles, why the addiction, why the setbacks helped me to understand that I needed to mature emotionally. And pain is the best teacher there is. I don't know any other way to say it. And for some of you guys, you're listening, you want some easy, pain-free way to heal from your trauma, to heal from your setbacks and your difficulties. Because I understand we as human beings, we don't want to feel any discomfort. We don't want to feel any pain. We just want to have things go gray and everything smooth sailing. But yeah, if you are trying to avoid pain, I promise you more pain will come your way because of your avoidance. It's just no other way from, for example, you want to avoid the pain of trying to have a healthier lifestyle. So you just want to indulge in anything that makes you feel happy. You want to go full tilt into a hedonistic lifestyle, but then you'll find that you're spending more money that you're bringing in. You find that you're gaining weight or perhaps you're not even eating the food that you need to. You're actually not 
for because of the whole pursuit of trying to avoid the pain, you're actually getting more in spades the things that you're trying to avoid. That's how vicious it is. So we need to learn the art of surrendering. And that comes through spiritual practice. And I know this might be hard to hear because you you're feeling like, oh my goodness, I'm already in pain. I'm already going through so much already. Denise is telling me that I need to lean more into it. And paradoxically, actually, yeah, you actually have to do that. And so I know this message is a really a lot of stuff to take in. So if you need to, please listen to it all. But my question to you, I've got a few questions to you is, what are you doing to improve your own spiritual practice? What messages did you get from your family of origin, your mother, your dad, your school or whatever that has caused you to feel repellent to a particular faith or ideology? And was it because of their hypocritical actions or behavior or because you didn't give it enough time to develop your own spiritual practice for yourself? And lastly, I wanted to ask you, what are you going to do right now to feel more connected to not just yourself, but the people around you? What things can you do? Because here's the thing, just listening to this podcast is not going to be enough. I know for many years myself, I tried to do my own spiritual thing by myself. It doesn't work that way. Get plugged into a community that can help you refine your own spiritual practice. Okay, well, that is it. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I enjoy talking with you. Be sure to connect with me via Twitter and just send me a message. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Or go ahead and write me a message via Spotify or write a review wherever you're listening. Okay? And please share this podcast if you enjoyed it. Well, thank you so much for listening. Take care and be awesome.